County, Wichita Falls. I'm your co-host, Ryan. With my lovely wife, Catherine, by my side, we'll be having discussions on business, family, and anything else we find complicated or intriguing. Whether you're having your coffee in Bernie, Texas, driving to work in Des Moines traffic, or on a jog through the streets of Garfield, Arkansas, join us as we dive deep into the mysteries of modern life. Welcome to the Armadillo Den. Welcome. Welcome to the Armadillo Den, my friend. I promise I won't do that every time. Today, we have a special guest and someone's not with us. So since I'm talking, guess who's not with us? Ryan Hager. I have Eb Stewart with us. This is an interview. This is our first interview. I'm a little bit nervous because I did interview Ryan last episode on music. So today's Eb. Um, okay, Eb, first question. Tell us... A little bit about yourself. Brief, who is Eb Stewart? Mm, and is uh, Eb your first name? My real name is uh, John Elbert. Eb is short. Great-grandfather had the same name and nickname. Okay. So I got Eb. Let's just, where were you born? Uh, born in Decatur, Texas. And Are you married? I'm married uh, to my wife, Allison. We have five children from aging from four months to 11 years old. And they are beautiful. Eb has been a friend for years. When did we meet you, Eb? Apparently, we met at that Lyle Lovett, uh, Robert Earl Keen show oh, yeah. many years ago. Many years ago. Mm-hmm. Then we needed a screen printer put out of We Are Hiring in 2017, 2018. And Eb applied. I think Ryan and I were both really surprised, but we were thrilled to interview Eb. Got the job, worked for us. So you now, why do you not screen print for us anymore? Well, I screen print some. You not, did yesterday. Not on the reg. I did <laughs> yesterday. Um, so uh, basically just moving and changing and figuring out, coming to a, a point in life, what do I want to do with my life? Uh, what am I skilled at more than other things? What could I be doing what for do a long time and enjoy? What do you work on right now? Oh, right now I do guitar repair. Okay. And trying to get into the building side as well and restoration. And if I'm not mistaken, you kind of, at the end of the year, looked at what you made from Ramble and Company and what you made on repairing and swapping guitars, and that was more monetarily beneficial? Yeah. So I looked at, at the end of the year, I was kind of kind of hustling between doing that and fixing up our old house and working for you guys and doing it about it day a week and at the end of the year I was like wow I did really well for just doing that a day a week what would it look like if I did it all the time right yeah okay so I think that's a great point just reflection on I don't want to say what's working and not working but you made and you acknowledged what was working with one day a week Mm -hmm. putting into that and it's, it's been a long, for reference, it's been a long time side hustle. I think I, I got to meet some people who did this when I was younger, which really helps. My grandfather had a friend who's famous in that world and does it. So I got to meet him when I was a kid and then be around different people. So I saw that it was a possibility and it's always been kind of a side hustle or working on my own things. And it was only till the last few years that it seemed more reasonable to take serious. Okay. First question. Tell us by list... If you can do quick list, 
how many careers, jobs have you had starting at the beginning? And you can say career, you can say job. Mm. We're today talking about career shift by choice because I think Eb has is a very interesting person with a very interesting life that he's had. And I wanted to bring him on to share with you guys that he has shifted careers drastically, I would say, moved around and... I look up to this, and I think it's a wealth of knowledge that I want to share with you guys. So, Eb is going to start with by list the. Do you want to say careers or jobs, Eb? I'll I'll go through jobs and specify if it's careers. I think if it okay. lasts a little bit, it's a career. Okay. So go. I would, I would say starting uh, growing up, my dad has always had uh, far, done farming and run cattle. So I grew up doing a lot of uh, farm and ranch work, which was. Uh, figured out wasn't for me pretty early on. <laughs> so uh, did that. And so even did that when I was younger. And then in high school, even worked at a grain elevator for a while. Um, after high school, I worked for, got an office job at the Department of Transportation for like a good year, working in a cubicle, fluorescent lights, making copies, answering phones, checking emails, and found out. It was an interesting thing about that is I got to see uh, what the day-to-day was like, which I didn't like, but also see the trajectory of what it looked like people who were retiring on the other side and what that what that did to, I don't know, I was like, that was, it was not for me. So uh, got out of office stuff, did some work when I was in college, like all kind of random little things from some more kind of crappy office work to a uh, musician for a long time which didn't make a lot of money, so it's hard to call it a job. And then uh, when I decided to get married, instead of trying to do music full-time, I decided to try to cut hair for a living. So I went to school for that, and then I cut hair full-time for 10 years. Where Uh, were you living? uh, That time I was living in North Florida. Okay. And so uh, I was like, man, if I can, and at that time, part of the thought was I knew some other musicians who did that. And the, and the thought process was I can work, you know, Monday through Friday, eight to five, and then play rock and roll on the weekends was kind of the, the younger concept that I had. And it, it seemed like a pretty good idea. And it was something I was already doing on the side. Uh, so I, so I did that for quite a time and learned a, learned a lot and grew a lot, uh, being around so many different, you know, just hundreds of people. people. Yeah. So, so what shifted from hair? So you ended. So uh, it's it has it had certain limitations that I didn't like. It's hard on my body. Mm-hmm. It's hard standing in one place for a really long time. And I also saw what it did to people who do that for thirty or forty years. <laughs> it can just about cripple people. It's a really weird thing, like all kind of back issues and leg issues, and just from standing in one spot, it, it's really interesting. But. Uh, the the main problem was is is you really can't uh if you move to a place you start at zero it's all commission work and mm-hmm. i wanted to move and i realized well i might want to move a lot of places and if i keep doing this i'll have to start back at zero and build up clientele at every place and it takes a while mm-hmm. so it's like it kind of was the twilight of that when i when i realized that and we were ready to move out of that uh area where we lived and i also uh worked uh part time for a few years uh on staff at a, uh, like a startup church while we were there as well. So, okay. So also not after you finished 
hair mm-hmm. in Florida. I'm taking it you and Allison did move. Did you move? Yeah, we moved, we moved here because we knew people here. We had family here. We would come visit. We liked the community. We were ready for something else. At that time, I felt like where we lived, it was like a game of solitaire. You kept getting dealt the same hand and never... It was like after certain years, I was like, all right, I feel like this is just a repeat of the same or right. Groundhog Day. It's the same thing year after year. Let's try something different. And we said, well, let's let's try it out here. We like the people. We like the place. And uh, that's what did when, you do when you moved move. to the Wichita, Clay County? Yeah, because we moved was... up to northern Clay County and uh, worked on a family-owned house up there where we were living for a while. I worked with a painter for a while, which I enjoyed getting back into construction. I like working with my hands. That's something else I've learned about myself. I like mm-hmm. being outside, and I kind of like being around people uh, for the most part. So there was there was some niceness there. And then... Because when you, we, you applied for Ramble a couple years ago, sure. you were working... And I'm like historical preservation. No, no, that's, no, 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 it was trash. It was not. It was a. Uh, it was like <laughs> bank. My brother-in-law does real historical preservation. I was. I was maintain property maintaining bank-owned like repo houses. Whoa. Okay. And it was just you're just cleaning out crack houses and stuff. It was rough. It was no by fun. Yourself, it was depressing. It, I was by myself eight hours a day, or longer than eight, from sunrise to sunset by myself, just going out and working on random houses within the two-hour circle of this area. And okay. Yeah. And I, I realized it was, I didn't like being that far away from my family. There was one day I was like an hour and a half away and my wife called me and one of the kids was throwing up and it was like, I wasn't even going to be able to get home before the doctor's office closed that day. And I was like, boy, this is, this is, right. this is no good. Yeah. At least for that, for that season, season. of life. Okay. Yeah. What good, yeah. What good am I if I can't be whatever. around? Yeah. Right. Then ramble screen printing, doing the guitar restoration mm-hmm. yeah so, so yeah somewhere somewhere in there uh we're looking for something quite different so we uh my wife sent me a link that y'all were applying and i'd taken a screen printing class in uh college mm-hmm. a long time ago i like visual things i like working with creative that was the other thing i was like i need to be around creative minded people, people. yeah it's yeah. In, inspiring in, in all realms yeah and here we are today so Next question. We're going to go back a little bit. Tell us what it was like as a child, what ideals or what way of life influenced you growing up? Hmm. So I grew up in a relatively conservative home, uh, Baptist family. Um, I think people our age were shaped greatly by people who were shaped by the Great Depression, so that greatest generation. So I'd say my grandparents were quite... Uh, influential on a lot of character of uh, who I am today for better or worse. One thing that I hear you talk a lot about and you reference and you make a great effort to take your kids to go see family. Yeah, sure. So I think, and you have a family of musicians, correct? Sure. Mm-hmm. So you would, and guys, Eb Stewart is a musician. I think you've referenced music, but mm-hmm. I don't know if... I've fully said that. In our last episode, we talked around about music and we gave lots of shout outs. This is Eb. Eb Stewart is on Apple, all streaming platforms, correct? Mm, correct. Okay. Anywhere. And I know that, I don't know, so this is why I'm interviewing you. You, um, I would say, are influenced by music and heritage, maybe? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and within that, what are the things that are special that people hand down 
to the next generation that are worth sharing and handing down. So, and I, and I think that's, what, and, and part of that is music. What songs are worth preserving? What things are worth putting in songs and sharing to someone to sing mm-hmm. to your children more than once? Uh, what songs a- are worth singing in church or not singing in church? And which songs last uh, generations is, is, a, is a fascinating, those all come down to value. Do you have a specific story or moment as a child where you remember appreciating music? Yeah, so so that's funny because I've looked back into that situation. And my mom is a preacher's daughter. So she grew up singing, singing, singing all the time and from like a Cajun family. So they're very music as a part of their culture. And then... So always sitting and singing in church, singing harmonies, all that kind of stuff, singing in the car. I don't remember having the radio on as a kid. We just sang in the car. Mm-hmm. And then my dad's family, my grandfather learned guitar. They're these Texas pioneers, and they he learned playing guitar and singing songs from all these trappers that would come out to their their farm. And he just thought that was the coolest thing and picked mm-hmm. up picked up playing. So he got into all this cowboy music and country music. So on that side and then that side of the family Anytime there was a family gathering, there were guitars and fiddles out playing traditional Texas fiddle music and that kind of stuff. And so what's funny is, is seeing, I kind of knew that about myself, but then I found a picture of like my first birthday, like a child's first birthday, but it's just a bunch of old dudes sitting around uh, playing fiddles and stuff. Right. I would say you growing up with that is not the norm because, or it's just not what people are used to, like... It, it's have... less common now because we grow up in an era of commercial music of not pre-radio. Right. We would sit around and sing songs to each other in the evenings when we got done working because what else were you going to do? <laughs> you know, so yeah. So I think some of that was still preserved in our family lineage a little longer than most. Yeah, which I feel like is beautiful. And you're yep. passing that on to your children mm-hmm. because um, when we, Eb and Allison came over recently with their children and our entertainment was Ryan and Eb picking at the guitar and your kids came in and I'm just so shocked that your daughter Jude and your son John can sing harmony and you can play a chord on the guitar and they know what tone to be in. Yeah. Blow this girl's mind. I just can't, my mind doesn't work like that because I just haven't been raised sure. around music like that. Well, and that's and that's something like not trying not to be those like entertainment parents who like push your kids into that kind of stuff, but just a part of our everyday life. And and so that's what's been actually more even gratifying for me is less the entertainment side, but just that they sing songs to themselves for enjoyment, for passing of time when they're doing chores or out and about doing things or I think we used to live 30 minutes outside of town and we would drive back and forth and you just hear the kids in the backside singing, singing together, mm-hmm. making up a song or singing one they knew together. And it's like, all right, this is cool. It's, it's a, it's a part of, it's a part of uh, their being, which is kind of mm-hmm. the part I'm proud of. So getting out of high school, you referenced that you worked at the highway, wait, like TxDOT? Was that... Um, Technically, at that time, it was the Florida Department of Transportation. Oh, because you mm-hmm. were in Texas. Just mm-hmm. kidding. Okay. Um, when you graduated high school, did you know, I'm going to use air quotes here, did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up? Hmm. When I was in high school, I thought I was going to get into uh, biology, be some kind of a, a natural biologist, work for the state, test water, and 
go out in the woods and that kind of stuff. It seemed really interesting, but I did not have the grades to continue on with okay. that kind did of Did you go to college? Studying. Uh yeah, I did go to I did go to college, but not with much <laughs> not with much clarity <laughs> of mind and or or vision of of what it even takes to be successful within college. And I, w- right. I went back in my 30s and finished up some of that, but it, it was funny like just to think about that season of life and what odd uh directions you get from adults of the purpose of college or why you're going or how you should treat it and all that kind of stuff. I right. just it's a blew fuzzy it. <laughs> area and kind of we're talking today about career shift by choice. And I think for me, we were first generation college. Mm-hmm. I guess my parents didn't go to college, so my grandparents didn't go to college. They were tr- my grandfather is a trained electrician and welder and owns his own company. So I've kind of been raised around entrepreneurs. My dad farmed. But for some reason, in the 90s, well, I didn't graduate in 2003. Don't ask me. Years are fuzzy. So it was understood you would just go to college. And I remember thinking as a female, what else am I going to do if I don't go to college? Mm -hmm. I did not want to like wait tables for the rest of my life if that's your choice but it was not something I enjoyed so I remember having to say persevere so that you don't like for instance sack groceries forever and because that's also a job that I had growing up now that we have children you know you have five we have three girls college is and I'm more into the business world and I'm learning there's a whole trend coming up where College isn't necessary for all career paths. Yeah. Um, financially, it's extremely expensive. There's so many people with student debt. Um, obviously, there are careers you, if one wants to be a doctor, you have to go to college. But I'm trying to find the words and to explain to our children that college isn't for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, well, and, and not wanting to form what they want their need to be. So, but I guess for my sake, me getting out of high school, I did go to the next step. And thankfully, grants paid for a lot of my education. So I did not, I was not one who went to college and ended with a lot of student debt. Thankfully, super blessed by that. Um, But I think it's interesting that most people, kids at 17, 18, don't know, Mm -hmm. but... There is also a trend of take a year or two off and figure it out. But the discipline of a high schooler to a graduated adult to have the discipline to go actually pursue a career, whether you go to college to do it or not, I think is a maybe a touchy subject for people. I just think it's something that we haven't really talked about. Yeah. Well, I think it's like everybody's, I mean, that has a lot to do with public education and, and the cookie cutter mold. Like what can we just tell everyone to do? Well, going to college is people who are successful at that are successful in life. Therefore we should tell everyone to do that. And it says, well, you know, there's just, it's just not a good broad statement for someone who's really gifted in that realm. I mean, hopefully w- someone could have been around me to be like, you're not a natural academic. You're probably not going to be an accountant. You're probably not, like, there, right. there are certain things that, that like, let's, let's focus on, on some, some aptitudes and, and strengths and, 
what long and being know. aware. I mean, something you mentioned at the this desk job, sitting in a cubicle making copies. I mean, I had a job in my first job. Actually, you could say quote unquote career. I worked in oil and gas accounting mm-hmm. as an office manager for six years for the same amount of time that I've been self-employed. We've, I've now been self-employed six years. And so I realized I was super intrigued by land work and minerals and interest, but mm-hmm. I sat at a desk all day. I wasn't, I mean, I did have like my own office and beautiful windows, but I was miserable inside because creatively I was not able to thrive in what I was doing. Hence why I left and became an entrepreneur. Um, so there were things that sparked a shift, which you mentioned kind of before. So now I want to ask, you've shifted career job a couple of times. What internal or external factors led to make those shifts? Hmm. If you want to expand specifically, you mentioned leaving Florida. Sure. What, what has sparked the reason why I'll say Eb, Eb and Allison, because I do think that did you make you've made a lot of your decisions based as a couple? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that ha- that has to be for healthy marriage. <laughs> yes. You have to work together on these larger choices as best you can. Uh, I was going to say I've I've gotten to certain influences over time, uh, but I guess the fear of of not moving jobs or, or being bound or, or being locked into careers for a really long time. I just heard how many like our past generation, how it had moved from one career to multiple careers. And I guess I got to see that my dad's been through a, a lot of careers, each one successful, but shifting to different mm-hmm. ones from uh, his worked in the oil field when I was a kid and was a firefighter when I was a kid and then got in the title real estate business, always did farming and ranching on the side. And then, I'm probably leaving some out, but he was a history teacher for a while, a county archivist. Each all these right. different, all these different type things. So I, I realized that it's like, do you, but, it doesn't it <laughs> it doesn't kill you to change, but uh, change right. jobs, and it's not failure. It's 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 moving along, right? You know, and to some it may seem scarier. I think it can seem scary to want to shift, yeah, because of the unknown, but. Especially when you're really invested in something mm-hmm. for for a really long time, and I think that's what I did. That's why I stuck with the the hair thing for so long. I thought it was going to turn into what I'd hoped it would be. So you you kept kind of doubling down at the end of each year. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe this is the year that it'll things will really change. But um, what was it? I'd also I'd also yeah I I just heard enough about some of that stuff that realized so you were led kind of by example and you saw someone shift careers correct whereas my mom has uh strictly just taught uh for and she just retired but for she has just taught since like the early 70s she's been a teacher period you know and just Same retired grade? no she moved around from adult to to kindergarten special ed so all 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 realms of it and taught college classes all kind of stuff but but has just been in a constant education so but that is as what i will say is that's my mom's vocation that's her gift she's the best at what she does in that field right so it's so for her i mean she loves it she and it and it it proves in the in the quality of the outcomes of her classroom so right so if you had to name like a specific factor that led to the repo 
yeah. maintaining the properties to ramble. But what was it? Because from Florida to Texas is a pretty big move. Sure. What was what was it that was the reason y'all moved? If you uh, can remember. Uh, yeah, lots of reasons. We were actually hoping to get involved with some uh, church planting and wanted to be so starting new churches in places that need churches, unreached places. So at that time, wanted to be a little more agile to be able to move to maybe move to a place for a year or two and then move to another place. And that's where the hair thing would be a joke to, you know, right. you just start making money when it's time to leave. Or I had also, my, my wife and I, I would say a lot of this has to do with, uh, we had, we had the advantage of, we took a, a personal finance class mm-hmm. just a few months into our, our, when we got married. And that was one of the big things that he talked about. He says, like, if you get bound in your bills and debt and all kinds of things, you have no way to get out but stay on your course. When you start to free yourself up from financial burdens, you don't have to be scared of losing your job or changing a job or taking a job that makes less because your life will be better for it. Right. So that is what I would say is a lot of it, there's a lot of pre-work or laying foundation that might take a while to make some of this uh, agility in career shifting more reasonable where right. you don't have to do damage to you, yourself. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because shifting is a lot easier when you're not like weighted down by debt or yeah pressures. Okay, so now I want to ask you, I know y'all traveled abroad. Mm-hmm. Where did y'all go? Ireland? Uh, well, we went, we, we went to Ireland because it's cheap to fly there, but uh, we primarily stayed in England and the UK. We had some friends there that were planning a church. On the and, timeline, where, when was this? Uh, 2016? Yeah, 2016. After Florida. Yeah, yeah, that was part of the reasons of, of coming here. As what I should say is somewhere along the day, somewhere along my, my little plan there, I remember thinking to myself, we'd like to move sometime if I didn't have a house payment and I didn't have a job to come back to after a two-week vacation, where could I go and stay for, you know, we could stay somewhere a little bit longer, be a little more mobile for a little bit. And that was kind of part of the plan of of moving to Texas to be able to uh, come stay out here and be able to in that kind of transitional phase to go mm-hmm. go somewhere for a few months with where my best friend was uh, in the UK. So we, we went over there. It was kind of you go to the UK. How many children uh, did you have at the time? How many kids went count, with you? Uh, I think I know the just answer. went with three. Okay. Uh, technically, kind of came back with four, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> and Surprise. How long did y'all stay there? Uh, pushing, I think total, it was it was somewhere in the five months range. Uh, the amount of travel leading up to and coming back, because we did like, uh, it was a total of six months of being kind of uh, on the on the road, if you will, living out of backpacks. Living it was, out of backpacks. It was backpacks. really nice. Yep. What it got the really comfy. What was the thing? Because I, I hear you and Allison both speak so highly of that experience. Mm-hmm. Almost like Allison wants to do it again. Yeah, we're we're up for it. We just do the have kids, a little does one right now. Do your older children remember? Yeah, the older children definitely do. And we did a little bit of kind of training and stuff ahead of time with them just so they'd be kind of ready to... Because it requires a lot of, of... That kind of traveling requires a lot of walking and just being out and about for a whole day and sometimes not having a place to stop and rest or take a nap or something like that. So, or being in crowds. So, 
uh, there's a, there's a lot of it. But when that happens, we're able to travel and see a lot of nice, amazing, uh, play, nice, cool places and go things. And uh, some of that came down to the fact of the. Here's the thing about the long term travel. If anyone's ever interested, is just imagine when you normally go on a vacation, you have to stay in a hotel because you're there for like one night. And you've got to eat at a restaurant. But if you stay there for a week, sometimes you can rent a place for about what it costs a hotel for one oh, night. With the way and with the kitchen has taken over yeah. traveling, it's very possible. Yeah. You know? And so you just, so my game plan was like, how can we get there and just live like a local on a local normal budget? Now you have to work out income in that, <laughs> in that, in that time. Did you but, have, what did you do for income when you were? Uh, well, we had conveniently, our house had been paid off and we had sold it before we moved. So we had a surplus of finances at that time okay. that we were able to live, but we were also able to live cheaply while we were there. I was looking, it was a, it was a plan to see if, uh, to look for work while we were there and see about generating income and maybe finding entertainment type jobs while I was there, which is not easy. I think he There's, means music, yeah, not entertainment with, and other areas. Yeah, yeah music. So trying to do music over there, the, <laughs> the novelty of, of that, and uh, that it didn't really it didn't really pan out. But uh, it was uh So you carried your experience. guitar the whole way? Yeah. Okay. Yep. They're mobile. Shall not leave without children, it. Children and guitars are both <laughs> mobile. That's, and that's the other funny thing is it's like, man, kids can get passports. Uh uh, that that was the other thing that made it possible. I will just say this: if anyone's thinking about it, was taking a little family trip and see about getting everybody down to one backpack, and then you can carry a kid if you have to, but they've got a backpack on them, and then you don't have to. Uh, you're you're free. You're mobile. You're untethered at all times. Uh, so that it was that's kind of the the key part to making. Uh, I find even just I'm small a trips. Big adventurous. So you are making me very excited. Yeah. And Ryan probably is dreading this conversation because he <laughs> does not ever want to do this, but this is definitely something I want to do in yeah. the future just to bring me back down a little bit off my really excited. What was that? Like, I'm excited about this. Sure. What was the hardest thing? Uh, Keeping it real. So the hardest thing is what I, what I just mentioned before is probably we had our youngest one at that time was between one and two. And the next one up was four, and those two get tired on a long no nap. day. Yes. Yeah. And okay. or nap on the way in a stroller or something like that. Because here's another funny thing anywhere you travel, they've got a Craigslist type thing there, and you can pick up a stroller or a car seat and not have to take it through the airport, or you can pick it up at a uh, secondhand right. store, all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, that that's probably some of the some of the hardest places. And I would highly recommend this happened to me multiple times. Make sure there's not like a big national holiday weekend because you might find yourself uh, visiting a city on their equivalent of Fourth of July weekend. Or Memorial Day weekend when all the hotels are are slammed. Booked and yeah, okay. Those those presented some of the most uh, terrifying. What was the moment oh, y'all no, decided we... it's time to come home? Uh, well, we were just limited. You can only be there so long without a visa. Or I would have we would have oh, tried okay. to stay later. And we would we were we were planning on actually when we came home we were actually going to uh, try to sell all our stuff and head back. And that's when we found out about baby number four. And that's when we said, well, you know what? Let's hang out in Wichita Falls <laughs> a little longer. We know people have a baby here and uh, kind of take a year to kind of plan things out. And Wichita Falls longer than you expected? Yeah, we were thinking like a six months, a year, something like that. And we're rolling past the five year now. Yeah. Because we're up to baby. We're, we were, <laughs> uh, God always has different plans for us, but we had uh, 
we were we were thinking about maybe moving again and then uh last year during pandemic year yeah during moving pandemic to Nashville. and it kind of kind of <laughs> the pandemic kind of solidified like this is a good place to be you know yeah and so we've stayed and then here. surprise yeah stayed here with uh, sweet baby number five Ezra so yes so sweet mm-hmm. share one piece of advice you give to those who are in the middle of a career shift or looking to change career paths mm. you've kind of circled around this um but what would you say I would say that some of the best advice I heard, uh, I can give it in twofold, but I heard it was, I'll quote him, it was Dave Ramsey said, most people spend more time researching their next TV than their next career change. They just see an opportunity or a pay raise and they jump on it and they don't think about it. So to be thinking, what's good for my family? What do I want next? How are we doing right now? Is this, is this good where we're, we're at? Yeah. Um, I think this is really important because when Ryan and I shifted, gears, which I shifted first, the oil company that I worked at made a lot of things possible for us. So to come to Ryan one day, and I'll never forget this, and I'm like, I'm unhappy, and I think I need to get out of this work and pursue screen printing and web design and graphic design in order to be fulfilled and knowing that, that we would take a financial cut mm-hmm. was super scary. But what made it not scary was that the reasons why and my family, you just touched on this, like family was one of the most important reasons. I just wanted to see my kids more. I wanted mm-hmm. to be with Ryan more. Did that happen initially? No, because I worked around the clock to kind of grow our company, which some of those years I really, re- I don't want to say regret, but I would have had a little bit more boundaries with how much I consumed. Um, but I think that it's important to do if you and your family or spouse aren't checking in regularly with how things are going, you just listed a couple of things. That's great advice to do a check-in if where you are, you're happy with, Mm -hmm. you know, Ron and I haven't taken the Dave Ramsey course. I've looked into it a few times but I think our ability over the years to kind of flip houses has allowed us to live very simply. Yeah. So it does take a lot of the pressure off. We drive old vehicles. Um, well, it's, it's all, all of his stuff. And he'll tell you, it's just all the recommendation your grandparents would give you. He just, right. he just packages it in a, <laughs> in a, in a, in a compressed way. It's right. nothing, there's nothing new or tricky. And, uh, but so much of that, again, comes down, down to values and, and that's where we're at. Like, so I would say this, my wife is a stay at home wife. She homeschools our children. And that's something we realized. Same story. Uh, she was a teacher, uh, when we, the first years of our marriage, uh, public school teacher. So she had a steady income, all these sorts of benefits or whatever. And, uh, there came a point where we realized we would rather be 30 some odd dollar thousand dollars poorer mm-hmm. and her to be able to do that. And so what did our life look like for her to be able to do that? And so that takes shifting around uh, of a lot of things to prepare for that. So th- and that's what I would say is, is vision and longevity. What are your values? What are your future goals? What does this look like to get there? Make sure those are goals you really want. And that's what I got to see people who just climbed the ladder when I said the DOT that like get that office at the, the nice office at the end of the, 
the nice office at the end of everybody. And then they're retiring and dying in a couple of years because their health's wasted mm-hmm. from, for, and, and they've poured in, they've poured in and poured in. And it's like to, to these jobs. And I was like, all right, now if that's a job you, you care about and is your life work, right. it's a different story. But if it's just a, just a long-term job for money, I, I realized like there's a lot of living to be enjoyed, which right. I, I guess some of that concept I'd heard before about like what are the kids micro retirements or something like that taking taking times to really enjoy uh seasons or even there's like old school biblical mm-hmm. stuff where there's years of you know year right. of rest every so many years and and whatnot that's like that that makes sense to me yeah and i think i agree with you but we know that the decisions isn't easy what we're saying isn't no it's not just do this tomorrow right it's have... going to take Time, yeah, it has taken us time to be where we are now, yeah. Because, and, and I've had friends that tell us that they're, and this, some of this goes to very young people. If we could say to young people, right, to think about that, the, the name brand on your college or university that you decide to go to isn't worth being in debt for the next 10 or 20 years of having that second mortgage for. I say second right. mortgage, but that 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 amount of money for the rest of the early part of your adulthood—it's such a short season of life on this side of it. Mm-hmm. Now looking back, so uh, my wife and I managed to escape college without any kind of debt. So, but but some of that we also had friends that went to private schools and out of state because they right. thought as somebody like encouraged them as an you know seventeen eighteen year old that like you can have your dreams and go after them and do these things at any cost, and it's like. They're still paying. They're still paying. Right. Paying for those kind of things. And like, I think that I don't want to get too much on high or college degrees, yeah. but you know, it's said that when you your degree looks good on an application, and just something we found out, and I think that society as a whole is finding this out, is experience is yeah. far. I've had people come to work for Ramble who have never had a job, first job. Very difficult, you know. To employ people who don't have any experience, I think there's just something really interesting. I know that when you applied and it's like list of things you've done, I was mind blown. And I really don't even know if you put hairstylist on there. It was like it came up in screen printing one day in a conversation. I was like, whoa, sure. Ev's been a, was a hairstylist for 10 years. But I think there's just something really unique about experiences and not being scared to have different, different experiences because someone that's appealing to someone you may be employed by in the future, or it helps with, if you ever become an entrepreneur, you know, so I think we're going to wrap up. I hope this was super helpful for you guys. Um, do you have any concluding comments? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say one of the really neat things I heard recently about career stuff, I'm not into gap years and all that stuff. I think you can have fun as you move forward in life. And I heard this guy say, I thought this was beautiful. He said, he says, don't look at your career paths as roads. He said, uh, look at it like a rock climbing wall. He says, you're, you're, you're moving up, but there's going to be lateral moves uh, back and forth and just Keep moving, learning what you like at one career, what you're good at. Move to the next place, but uh, don't be discouraged as you're. If, if you think about it as roads and having to change roads, he said, "I, I, I like the rock climbing." So, mm-hmm. yeah, and just resources to kind of get going. Dave Ramsey, Eb mentioned 
Um, I think just spending a lot of time discerning with no influence of social media or your phone, really spending time thinking about in your core what brings you joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a family setting, making sure you're doing that with your spouse to kind of make sure everyone's on the same page. But don't look at someone, you know, don't look at Eb's story or our story or anyone else's. We chose the path we felt called to. Mm -hmm. But I think there's something about sitting in silence and discerning yeah, a lot truly of, what your path. A lot of soul searching to get to this point of mm-hmm. what does my, what kind of life do I want to live? What's important to me? What do I want to enjoy in this season and future seasons? And how does that, how do I make that work? And so I couldn't put that on a pamphlet and give that to someone else because right. they'd be like, well, your life, I hate living your life. They would not enjoy. Right. And all I think these a, a big thing is when discerning, don't give two flips about what someone's going to think about it. Yeah. I mean, and that comes to parents and friends. I know when this was, there was a big shift in our friends, maybe mine more than Ryan's, um, when we kind of took this path because it was so different than those around us. And to this day, there are relationships that haven't mended because I did something very different mm-hmm. out of a path. I didn't pursue this quote-unquote career that could have been really successful. Um, so we're just really making sure that your decisions aren't influenced by what you're seeing or who you think will care about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to end there. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Ev, thank you for being yeah, here. Thank you for having me. Um, Ev Stewart on Instagram. You have an evsteward.com. What's your website, Ev? It's just evsteward.com. And it's S-T-E-W-A-R-D. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, Thank you guys for being here. Until next time, you can find us on Instagram at Ryan Hager TX, at Ramble and Company, and at Catherine.Hager. I'm going to leave you guys today with a quote from Mother Teresa. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless.